Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee. Oh, wait, no. Later. Uh-huh, Later. Uh-huh. You always run into always that on it. Sundays. I always, it's fine. It's, you know why? My sponsorship mind isn't right because my mind is right about other things, if you know what I'm saying. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Don't forget to check out my Twitter page. And if you're not following College Corner on Twitter, you need that now as well because Black Friday is almost upon us. There will be incredible savings for MSU merchandise and, you know, other, other, other teams' merchandise as well. I'm not saying you should buy that. I'm just saying it's out there if you need it. Go to collegecornerstore.com to shop this holiday season. Get yourself the MSU merchandise you're wanting to have. And when bowl announcements are made, there'll be bowl merchandise available there as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Humble Taco. I, I was just sent a text. I need a Humble Taco recommendation. I was like, well, you texted the right guy because I got him. I got Even him. from the new menu? Huh? Have you tried the new menu yet? Tried, they, they have some new menu items. I, I've seen the new menu items. I haven't tried them yet. I need to get over there and, and, and give that, that, that. I'm going to do that this week, probably not next week for sure. I will I will be back at Humble Taco. Uh, and I can't encourage you guys enough to, to do the same. You know, Humble Taco is such a great place to eat, and it's such a unique place. So happy that we have it here in Starkville. You know when Ty Tim's is behind the stove, the cooking's going to be good. It's at, like that at all his restaurants, and now it's like that at Humble Taco. Firehouse subs, you know, we're getting that time of year when you're talking about Christmas parties. Man, if you're going to be invited to the Christmas party and they tell you to bring something, don't just show up with that same old chip and dip. Show up with a platter from Firehouse subs, and everybody will be glad that you showed up. And when you're looking to grab lunch here in Starkville, or if you're in Oxford, Tupelo, Flowood, Madison, or Columbus, the Firehouse subs app is the way to go. Quick, convenient, and you pile up the reward points so you can be eating for free sooner than you think. Firehouse Subs, we are always glad to talk about them on Thunder and Lightning. Mississippi State 55, Tennessee State 10 in a game that was not as close as the scoreboard would have you believe. A totally dominant performance from the Bulldogs from start to finish. Uh, Will Rogers, another fantastic game for him as he continues to add to his resume and now the single-season record holder for passing yards and passing touchdowns in a season and on the verge of some other big milestones as well. Defensively, State was in total control. There was never a moment of doubt. Not a lot I don't think we can take away from that, so maybe we want to go ahead and look to something else. I don't know, but one man will tell us. Tell him, Falk! Well, what a wild 24 hours. Yeah. And, you know, very little of it had to do with Mississippi State, but um, th- there's a lot of things that happened. But for Mississippi State, the only thing that needed to happen for them on Saturday was stay healthy and win. And they did that. Mm-hmm. Not only did they did do that, Brian, they dominated from start to finish in that game just as they're supposed to do. How long had it been 
since State had dominated the game from start to finish. Been a while, man. Yeah. It's been it's been a while. I mean, even the Vanderbilt game was kind of shaky at times think, in the first half. Think of you know last year, no FCS team games, right? Twenty twenty. Yep. Moorhead's last year, the the FCS game was the second to last game of the season. That game was sketchy. Abilene Christian. Yeah, a little sketchy at times. Well, this was the most points scored in a game since Moorhead's first year. Yeah, in two thousand eighteen. First game. And when well, I think they scored fifty six against. Would they score fifty six against Lafayette? That might be right, yeah. Scored 63, I think, in his first game. Yeah. <clears throat> Either way, it, it's one of those first couple of games. They have not had a game like that, um, you know, since. So, came out, Will Rogers, I don't know if he knew if he was close to the record or, or what, but he came out firing right away, threw a touchdown. They got down the field quickly on that first drive, and he threw a touchdown to Austin Williams. First three passes to Austin Williams were touchdowns, and I was happy for Austin Williams to get that because usually, you know, he's just kind of like the security blanket, third down, fourth down guy. They got him on the seam a couple of times. They, he had some nice plays. And uh, State just dominated from start to finish. And I think um, they had negative yards of total offense in the first quarter. And uh, Mississippi State just came out and, and really handled things. That that was the most important thing for them, Brian. Uh, last week, we we hardly even talked about Tennessee State. Which I know some people didn't want us to look ahead, but we don't pl- actually play the game, so we, we can do whatever we, we want. Um, we all, as, as you know, the fan base and media, no one was really looking at this game as any kind of challenge for Mississippi State. And st- state players, to their credit, they came out and took care of business how they were supposed to. Um, and everybody, from what I could tell, was healthy. I, I, Tennessee State was hit hard in that ball game, but. Mississippi State was not, and I thought that was the biggest thing. If State would have won by five points, it wouldn't have have really mattered to me. Just take care of business, stay healthy, and move on. They did exactly what they needed to do. Um, and on the flip side of it, Ole Miss is playing into the fourth quarter against Vanderbilt in a night game. Mississippi State got that, that game out of the way. Everybody's healthy. Everybody got to go home, relax. Ole Miss is playing until 10 p.m., and Matt Corral is still out there in the fourth quarter. I thought that was big for Mississippi State, and we'll get into a little bit of that later. But at the same time, I don't want people to, to look too much into those two ball games. Um, you know, I remember in 2014, Ole Miss got rocked by Arkansas. Mississippi State, I think, played Vanderbilt that day and killed Vanderbilt. And you're thinking going into the game, these two teams are going in different directions. Mm-hmm. Don't look too much into that. I, I thought that was a classic trap game for Ole Miss against Vanderbilt. Um, I, I just don't. I don't think you can look too much into that game. I still think this is going to be a battle on Thursday night. I do too. I think it's going to be a really good football game. I think you know, much to everybody who's listening, chagrin who would just like to see a blowout and and get what they want. I, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. I think the things that State can do to win comfortably, there are more of those than what Ole Miss can do to win comfortably. Ole Miss can win. And they can win comfortably, but a lot has to go right for them. I think less has to go right for State to win by 14-plus. Yeah. This is how I feel about this game. Well, you know, Mississippi State can can make this a runaway if they're turning Ole Miss over. Mm-hmm. Um, Ole Miss is, is, a, is a team that likes to play really fast. And, um, you know, if things are not going right, that can be detrimental for them like it was against Alabama. Mm-hmm. If they're if you're getting them off the field quick, if you're turning them over 
And this offense has been known to be kind of a wear you down offense at Mississippi State. You know, this this can get out of hand. I, I think that's I think they're capable of doing that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think Mississippi State's just as capable of doing that as Ole Miss is. Uh, but I don't know if we'll see that. I don't. I don't really. I'm not going to predict it. But you just never know in this game either, Brian. You, you just never know what what's going to come out of this ball game. I agree. I agree with you 100%. The only thing that's ever for sure about the Egg Bowl, much like the Stinger, is that nothing's for sure. All right, let's get into the things that are true. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Don't forget this holiday season to put beef on the table. And when you do that, you're supporting 15,000 of your fellow Mississippians who are our beef producers, doing almost a half billion dollars a year worth of business here in our state. And, of course, your family will be happy, too. Nothing will make them happier than sitting down for Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner and seeing a big prime rib there or any night of the week. If you know if you're cooking burgers or spaghetti or whatever it is, ground beef, beef products, they make everything taste better. Head to the grocery store, put some beef in the shopping cart. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks for our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That is the place to be. Not sure what their holiday hours are going to be for Thanksgiving. Got to think they're going to be open, though. That means you might be able to duck in and grab a little little Thanksgiving lunch. Don't know if they'll do any turkey. But if they don't, it doesn't matter. The food on the menu is outstanding, whatever you choose. So have a good time. Enjoy yourself. And enjoy a great meal every time you're at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Whew. Excuse me. Oh, well, oh, I lost my breath there for a second. I was, this, in, I was into the room. We have a fly in this here, fly too. This fly is killing You guys are going to hear a pop at some point. It's going to be me smacking this fly. Uh, Advantage Business Systems, our good friends over there, they've got an easy and efficient way to take care of your business. First and foremost, they're going to offer you an incredible selection of products and services, everything your business needs and wants from that that technological perspective, copiers, printers, computers, software, mailing systems, whatever it is, they've got it. And then every sale they make is backed up with customer service, the kind you'd expect to get from your next-door neighbor, which is what they are at Advantage Business Systems. They are your next-door neighbor. They are Mississippi business first and foremost. Why don't you call them today, find out how you can put 46 years' worth of experience to work for you. That number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. All right, time for the things that are true. These are the things that are true. There are 10 of them. They are all true. I would not, I would never lie to you guys, but certainly not during the holiday season. So let's just get right into them. Number one, Will Rogers and his development has been a real joy to watch. It's just been enjoyable to see this guy get better week after week, which is what he's done. He's taken criticism, he's taken it on the chin, and now he's at the point where the MSU passing record book is going to be his and his alone very, very soon. I mean, you have two more years with this guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't foresee him leaving early for the NFL. You never know. I mean, he could he could uh, jump off um, and, and really become a, a big, big-time NFL prospect. I'm not going to discount him. But in my mind, this guy's going to be here for two more years, and he's thrown for over 4,000 yards in year one. I don't – you know, we had that. You had that poll early in the year. Could Will Rogers get to thirty-seven? Was it thirty-seven? It was thirty-seven ninety-three. Could, could he? Could he break the record? Could he break the record. I didn't think he could. I thought he was going to take a slight jump this year. He's just jumped over the mountain. I mean, he's just leapt over everything. 
he is so far ahead of schedule in my mind. Um, and I've always thought that this guy could get get it done in this offense. But I don't I don't know if I could even foresee him getting to four thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's he's starting to exceed even my expectations. But I've 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 had a lot of belief in this kid for a long time, and I, I really believe that he's going to do even bigger things at Mississippi State than he has already. And I think he's very motivated for this weekend, too. I, mean, I agree. He, you could kind of see it in his eyes. You could hear it in his voice when we start talking about the Egg Bowl. He's thought about this game since last year. And, hey, he had a heck of a ball game against mm-hmm. them last year. Mm-hmm. He's thought about this game since then. Yeah. And I think a lot of those guys have thought about that game all year, and now they have you the opportunity. Austin Williams might have thought about it a time or two. You know, I, I asked Will Rogers yesterday because I just I didn't have the heart to ask Austin about it about his fumble last year because I just don't know where his mind is on that and I didn't want to make him mad or anything like that at the end of the day. And I didn't want to blame the game on him either because I, I don't think it's his fault last year. But I did ask Will Rogers, you know, what if if he's heard Austin talk about that or if he's been if he thinks he's been motivated by it and mm-hmm. Will basically said you're just gonna have to ask him that. So I guess I'm not gonna know, but you gotta think. Yeah. I mean that that and to his credit last year, he came and talked to us in post game mm-hmm. after the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about a kid that could have just said, No, you know, this I, I don't want to talk to the media, it's a mm-hmm. rough day. He came after that loss, after he had fumbled the football on the goal line and, and talked to us, faced us. And he did speak a little bit about that fumble then. I, I gotta think he's he's thinking about that in the back of his head and wanting to I agree. To have a, a, a big game he on Thursday night. the best night. game of his career he Saturday. Did? Three touchdowns. Uh, number two, it's the only kind of negative thing that I have. I just don't get the leech philosophy with underclassmen. Just, I don't get it. Like, the only guy we saw yesterday was Teddy Knox. And he had one pass, one ball thrown to him. He had a kickoff return. Harmon didn't play. Yeah, he did. Did he play? Mm-hmm. He didn't get a ball. That's not Leach's fault. I mean, I agree, but I didn't know. Uh, did, did Hargrove play? Yes. When? When? He was in the game in the fourth quarter. <sighs> didn't get a carry. I mean, I, I put that on you for not looking out because that's your guy. I mean, you should be following him on the sidelines at all times, looking for him. Why is that? You didn't guy? pay. You didn't pay attention. I guess. And then, of course, the quarterbacks. I know you're not going to tell me they played. Uh, Chance Lovertich did, but Lovertich is the only one. Yeah, I told you. You asked me. But if I meant the freshman. You asked me if Sawyer Robertson would play. I told you you wasn't going. Well, to. Well, you're right. You're right. I, I'm just confused by that. <clears throat> I don't. I don't get it personally. It's a development. He he has a very very harsh it in the out. I, I guess harsh it in the word, but I'm going to use it anyway. He has a harsh outlook on the on development. Yeah, I, I feel like he wants to bring those guys as slowly long as possible. Yeah, you pay your dues. Then, when you get in the game, you are ready to go. I guess. Because we talked about it after the Alabama game when people were clamoring for Sawyer Robertson. He is one of those coaches, and I feel like it's an old school thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Vic Schaefer was like this. He's so protective of those guys and not wrecking their brains. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes you get in a ball game, you make a bad play, and you're just wrecked yeah. mentally. You can't get over it. And it's hard to get that back when you've done that. So I think. I think his outlook, I've never talked to him about it, but I think his outlook is I'm going to bring these guys along so when they do get in the game, they are ready. And now I think you're discounting their use of the young guys because yesterday on defense they played a, played ton, a ton of young guys. But that's not On leech. offense. 
But that's just his. I mean, that's just his thing. That's yeah. his style. Yeah. And if they if they come in the ball game next year and they're killing it, mm-hmm. you got to give him credit for oh, bringing those guys along. So you you said well, and and I sort of speaking here as the average fan. Yeah, you want to see the young guys. You want to see. You wanted to see Sawyer Robertson yesterday. I told you before the game. I want to see Teddy Knox, mm-hmm. Jacoby Moore, and Antonio Harmon. Did Moore play? I did not see him. I don't even know if he dressed out. Okay, but Harmon did get in the game, and I saw him working out. That dude looks good on the field. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy who can be a, a difference maker. I, I said that last. I said that prior to the season. I thought that his skill set and his size gave something gave State something they didn't really have. That so we'll that could be a major steal because at some point. We thought he was going to Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and I think Ole Miss kind of just moved on from him, mm-hmm. and well, State kind of circled back around. You also heard uh, Leach make some comments today about the tight end. Yes, and so maybe that's what he's trying to tell us is that next year Antonio Harmon will have sort of a, a hybrid role there because he's such a big player. So. And interesting, you know, they just offered Chris Bell from Dr- from player. Greenville Christian, so I think he's trying to incorporate some of that that's tight end that way. That's interesting. All right, number three. Sort of a an, uh, of, of maybe a stretch here, but we'll see. But Mike Leach and the success he's having proves that the, the thought process behind Joe Moorhead was correct. The thought process was that Mississippi State had that they were never going to be able to compete for a championship by running the ball and playing defense. Mm-hmm. They had to become more explosive. They thought Moorhead was that guy. It was at Penn State. Guy. He was at Penn State. And I don't know that he could have become at Mississippi State, but he just didn't have the 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 other things a head coach needs. He didn't have the control of his program that a head coach needs to have. But the thought process was of we need a guy in here who can turn us into more of a passing threat was was accurate. So like if you go back there a lot of people said, "Well, why don't you just hire somebody like Mullen and just run the same things?" To move forward, State did have to move back a little bit. Now it shouldn't have. I don't think it should have been as dramatic as it was last year. Last year's team was way worse than it probably should have been, and part of that is because there was so much attrition. You know, you lost so many guys. It's going to be difficult to win. But I give John Cohen the credit here for having the vision. I guess to say we can't keep doing the same thing and expect something different. And the discipline thing. Yeah, and I know a lot of people said, well, you know, last year. You know, he's doesn't doesn't seem to be much better than Moorhead because you got people fighting after bowl games, you got p- people getting kicked off the team, stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. now you see a pretty cohesive unit that is falling. When, when I saw you know Leach post game dancing with the team last week, <coughs> spiking the ball this week, mm-hmm. the players have really started to to gravitate towards him. And I thought there was a kind of a disconnect when he first came in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you didn't know if he knew players' names. Were they on the same page? Mm-hmm. Now it seems like this is the everything's kind of coming into focus. You know, we hear, hear it all the time. Just wait. You know, the po- both fan bases, Texas Tech and Washington State, they would come over to our message board. Mm-hmm. You guys just need to be patient. Just be patient. Mm-hmm. And, and people didn't want to hear that. People don't want to be patient. People want to have something given to them right now. And we couldn't really see that last year. We just thought that this offense was not going to work in the SEC. Throwing the ball 60 times isn't going to work. You have to establish the run. And he's proven now in his third school that that is not true. He His offense can succeed. His offense can be explosive. And they can win, ba- win, win big. So I feel like we're starting to see 
all of that that we saw at Texas Tech and Washington State come into focus. You're starting to see what Mike Leach is yeah. right here in year two. And I thought since he was hired, this could be his best spot yeah. in his coaching career talent. because of the talent. It could be a match made in heaven. I mean, I feel like it's heading that direction. Now you just got to capitalize. And that starts, That's I think, winning on Thursday and then winning on signing day, too. Yeah. That being said, today would be really, really sweet if Moorhead was still the head coach and had been winning. And Dan Mullen and Dan fired. Mullen's been fired. That yeah. would be a pretty sweet thing. Uh, I, 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 I regret that a touch, but we, we, I digress. Number four, if Mississippi State has a first quarter lead on Ole Miss, they will win. I agree with that. I Ole said Miss, that yesterday. By the way, this is a such an this is an interesting point about this game coming up, is that State is such a great second half team, and Ole Miss is a terrible second half team. They're really bad in the third quarter. Yeah, they're only scoring I, seven points a game the last like five games in the second half. But you know, this was kind of this is kind of how they were with um, with Freeze and Matt Luke too. Like they would start off. Mm-hmm. Like they, they like they, they would strip the, the ball game really yeah. well. Yeah, the first time, like remember against Alabama, um, sixteen they they were up twenty four to three or something like that. Was it that game? Yeah, and that was they got four, up early. Florida State was the same way that year. They had, they actually had like four or five games that year where they were. Up it wasn't that game. It was it was the year after. And I think like DK Metcalf scored on the first play. Oh no, you're, that that was like. And then uh, they were, they scored like sixty points. That was eighteen or nineteen, something like that. Yeah, so. I mean, they have been really good at scripting that first mm-hmm. first quarter, first possession. Yeah. If State can withstand mm-hmm. the first half, yeah. if you can be tied, if you can be within three points, if you can have a lead, mm-hmm. I think I like I like the the possibility of winning that game because State has been so good in the fourth quarter and in the third quarter, and they seem to get stronger as the game goes on. I think that's a hat tip to Tyson Brown and the strength coach. Mm-hmm. Um. If State can withstand that first half, they don't get down by 17 points or something. Right. They got a good shot. Yeah. But I, I agree completely. I think first quarter and second quarter yeah. might you, tell the tale. You really feel like if State goes into the locker room with the lead, they're going to they're gonna win. It's going to be tough for Ole Miss to come back. Uh, number five, this might be the toughest test for MSU's run defense. If they pass, Mississippi State will win. This Ole Miss run defense offense is good. They have three guys who could be a number one back. Corral, I don't know if he's still the same threat running the ball he was four or five weeks ago, but he's still mobile enough. They do some other things that they can get the ball out wide to guys. State just has to tackle. They have to wrap up and tackle. If they don't do that, it's going to be a long night because Ely, Parrish, and Connor can break long runs on you. But if they're tackling and if they're getting those guys within two or three yards of the line of scrimmage, it's, it's going to be a good night for Mississippi State. It's just it's, it's so difficult to to predict because they give – it's there's so many different options that you have. Matt Corral can keep it. He can hand it off to Jerrion Ely. Mm-hmm. He can tuck it and throw it down the field. The, it's it's just the, you know, the RPO game, the, the buzzword, it's so difficult when it's run – really well and run by a quarterback that that knows what to do it's just really difficult to stop consistently state has to keep them out of the end zone force field goals force fourth down conversions inside the 10 and things like that just keep them out of the end zone because i feel like state's going to be able to score uh you just can't give up long touchdown passes you can't give up touchdowns inside the red zone you need to be limiting them to three points or 
or nothing at all. And they've shown the they've shown that they like to go for it on fourth down inside the red zone or pretty much anywhere on the field. So state's got to be able to get off the field right there. Um, and that's going to be tough because I, I feel like Ole Miss is going to be able to push it down the field. The 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 in between the twenties mm-hmm. thing, they should be able to move the ball. State should be able to do the same thing. It's just who who is going to make the plays when you're inside the twenty. That's that's going to be the key for Mississippi State. I agree. I agree with you. Turnovers would be big too. Always. Number six, you mentioned it earlier. Will Rogers set a single game passing record for the Egg Bowl in this game last year. He threw for 440 yards. He will set it again on Thursday. Oh, he's calling going, your shot here. He's going over 440. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I feel pretty confident about that. He was 45 of 61 last year in this game. What if he this year he'd probably be 48, 49 of 61. Ole Miss is better defensively. You, th- you think State's State got the is much edge. better offensively, though. I've got, I've got Mike Leach greater than D.J. Durkin. Oh, yeah. Mike Leach, yeah. I think, is going to win that. Well, the key is probably going to be there was an outstanding Lebby co- versus Arnett. There was an outstanding college football coach just the other day who was on college game day who said that Mike Leach is the best offensive coach in college It's already football. been spoken into existence. It's been said. And that guy was unbiased. So, yeah, I, I think Rodgers is going to be closer to 500 for this one. Which, will put it, which if he does that... He will be second place in SEC history for a single season. He'll be behind only Joe Burrow. Which, by the way, if if you are the second leading passer in SEC history in a single season, I, I just have I just have to believe you're probably the best college football player in your state. Just just call me crazy on that one. Unless somehow you've got a receiver who caught 150 passes. Like, and I've even like I, Jones did. I I think people are starting to come around to the idea that Will Rogers is just. Good. Yeah, it's not a system thing. Yeah, now, that's helped. Uh, there's no doubt about it. That's helped. Let's, but let's you, but people, people are finally starting to say he's actually running this offense really well. You know, just because Mike Leach is the coach and the system requires that you throw the ball 55 times a game, it doesn't mean that the passes are going to be complete. You can call pass plays and throw in completions. See MSU last year. Will Rogers is completing those passes. He's making the right decisions. He's finding the open receivers. He's hitting guys in stride. He's hitting guys when they're open. He's good. He's a good quarterback. Is he an NFL quarterback? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't think so, just at first glance. Glance, But I probably didn't think that about Gardner Minshew either. Yeah. So there's something to be said for a quarterback who throws a catchable ball, who finds open receivers, and doesn't make mistakes. He's thrown over 570 passes this year, mm-hmm. and he's thrown eight, eight interceptions. Eight. I mean, I, I don't care what system you're running. Mm-hmm. If you have a higher that that have a percentage Four to one. where you're not throwing interceptions, yeah. and the completion percentage too. I mean, yes, this offense has a higher number of passes, ten to five yards, mm-hmm. but. He's making some really good throws. That throw, that throw to Austin Williams and that touchdown, the second touchdown, I think, that was a like a seven yard pass, maybe. Mm-hmm. That was a seriously impressive throw. Yeah, and I, I don't think people a, until you just watch him on film, you, you can look at the numbers all day, the depth of target and all that stuff. Until you watch him on film and watch him have command of that offense, you can't appreciate what he's done. And um, you know, I. Th- 
I don't know if he's going to get over 440, like you said, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to have well, a good I just night. Said it's going to happen. It's true. Okay. Well, I think he's going to have a good night. We'll see. I know that. I feel pretty confident. Number seven, protection is the biggest key to victory for MSU. Ole Miss's defense is better. It's definitely better than it was a year ago. But their biggest key to their defense is sacks. They create negative plays. They, 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 they get to the quarterback. Most importantly, Sam Williams. Right. If you can neutralize their pass rush and protect your quarterback, they don't really have a whole – they're not a team that's just going to stop you. You know, they, they rely on getting into second and 16, second and 17 and making you work. And for MSU, we know that that's a problem. Second and 16, second and 17. That's one of the reasons this offense has gotten so much better is the protection has gotten so much better. We've talked about Sam Williams. There's no chance in hell that he's going to match up with Charles Cross more than one or two plays in this game. Ole Miss would be dumb to neutralize him like that. He'll be out there on Scott Lashley, who you know hasn't has had his ups and downs this year. The last couple games has been okay, um, but that's the key: state keeping Will Rogers in a clean pocket. You you mentioned this yesterday. You said that you didn't have a problem with Rogers playing later because they weren't touching him. I mean, yeah. he he was clean all game. Obviously, with Ole Miss, you expect a much different kind of situation. They're much better at rushing the pass. They're much more talented athletes. But if State can keep him upright, he he does the rest. A lot of these sacks came. He had nine. They had nine against Liberty. They had five against LSU. Mm-hmm. Five against Austin P. I mean, the numbers are high, but. The the bigger numbers are coming against bad teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's some. I think it settles some somewhere around. You know, they could get two sacks, yeah. two or three sacks if State's playing really well. But Will Rogers has got to get the ball out of his hands quick, and somebody's got to help Scott Lashley if he if he shows any sign of distress because he's not lining up over Charles Cross. Mm-hmm. If they do, then they're just they're giving up on having a pass rush because he's not going to whip Charles Cross consistently. Um, so, But he's been one of the best pass rushers in the conference, and that's saying something because it's been a really good year yeah. for pass rushers. Yeah, I, I mean, Will Anderson is number one. Sam Williams might num- might be number two. Yeah, it's probably fair. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he is he's the guy that's, that's getting the bulk of, of that uh, pass rush. Mm-hmm. So... I know they're going to look at that today when they look at film and say we got to figure out a way to keep him off a of wheel and give Will some time. Which State's done that as good, you know, as anybody in the conference. They're I think they're I think they're like eleventh in the league in sacks, mm-hmm. but they've thrown like over a hundred and fifty more passes. Yeah, so that number probably evens out a little bit more. They're probably middle half of the league in sacks whenever you consider how many passes they've thrown. So State's offensive line has been really good. That's going to be a big battle up front. Mm-hmm. Who wins that battle could win the ball game. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Number eight, bet the under. Oh, you got the under. Oh, what, what's, what, what is the number right now? It's 62 and a half. That's pretty high. It's Ole Miss, had, you know, for all the talk we gave Ole Miss early in the season about their offense, betting the under for them has been profitable. They, they, they are just under. Now, maybe part of that is because their defense has been better and people just think Ole Miss are just going to give up a lot of points too. But they tend to play the under. I mean, if you tell me right now the final score of this game was 31-28, that's under. Yeah. But that would seem like a reasonable score, right? So Yeah, I think that's a I, I say I think bet that's the, a good play in this game because bet the under. They haven't been scoring a ton of points either lately. They no, scored thirty four last night, thirty one, thirty one. 
I mean, against Vanderbilt. Yeah. 27 they, against Liberty. They scored, what, 25 on Texas A&M with a pick six. Yeah. They ha- they've been having to settle for field goals a lot, or they've been going for it in the red zone not getting it. So they have, they're have they still explosive, but they haven't had the explosive as many explosive touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And I think that's key. That's why Mississippi State's got to win inside the red zone. Since Ole Miss scored 52 on Arkansas, they scored 31, 31, 20, 27, 29, 31. That's still good numbers. Still good numbers. Those are reasonable numbers, though. How about Mississippi State's over 30 points per game now? Yeah. When you think I about mean, where they were after the LSU game, I mean, nobody would have predicted It's got that. to have been a while since that's happened. Oh, yeah. I haven't looked at the stats, but I'd say at, at, at the earliest 2018. Easily. And that was a team that they they scored a lot of points against bad teams. Yeah. So it made it look a lot. Yeah. They scored, I mean, they scored, what, six on LSU? Zero on Alabama that year. So and they might score like six on uh, Kentucky. That's right. Or nine That's or something. Six. six is correct. Six on Florida. Number nine. I don't know who needs this game more. Both teams really are, are going to want this game. Ole Miss knows with a win, they're going to the Peach Bowl. They're going to finish the year in the top ten. Uh, it'll be the cap of, of Matt Corral's career. Uh, it'll 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 make a statement. That even though state is better, Ole Miss is still the big dog in this state. Uh, it'll set the pr- set stage for next year for the game in Oxford, where if Leach loses, I mean he's lost three straight Egg Bowls. It's a really poor start to your career. A lot going on for there, and then for state, it's trying to get back the momentum, trying to put yourself back on top. You know, ending, putting a spoiler on on your rival's most historic season in you know two decades, sort of the same way they did to you in 2014. Uh, obviously, with Rule Rogers and the Connerly stuff, there's a lot at stake in this game. I don't know who emotionally is going to be higher. I think State needs this more. Okay. Ole Miss is kind of – they're going to take a step back next year. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're doing at quarterback. This is the end for Matt Corral. They're kind of I – th- I still think they're going to be good next year and all that, but Mississippi State is trying to take the next step like Ole Miss has this year. Mm-hmm. State is at seven wins. You have a chance to get to eight wins, which doesn't get done a whole lot mm-hmm. around here. And you're two under Mike Leach. You got all these guys that are going to be coming back next year. They're all sophomores. You have a chance to really take a step forward if you're Mississippi State, finish strong in the recruiting trail, uh, give confidence to these guys, get the Egg Bowl back like you mentioned, get a better bowl game. This has a chance to be kind of a springboard into next season for Mississippi State. And I don't know if it could be like a 13-14. to 14. I, don't, I don't know. The, the schedule is is uh, is daunting, but that one was too. It has a chance to be a big-time springboard for Mississippi State, though. Yeah, You win this game, you win a bowl game, you sign a top 25, maybe even top 20 signing class. A lot of people are talking about you like they were Ole Miss next yeah, season. I agree. I agree. So I think this is more important for Mississippi State. Ole Miss, if they lose this game, they're they're still nine and three. Mm-hmm. They're going to a great bowl game. Yeah. They're going to have a first round draft pick quarterback. So, so I, here's how here's I, I feel I, like Mississippi State needs here's it. Here's where I would disagree with those because I think it's sort of like State in fourteen. This is a historic year for Ole Miss. Losing the Egg Bowl puts a black stain on that. Yeah, but I don't think people would be as upset as Mississippi State was. Mississippi State was on the verge of the playoff two weeks prior well, I mean, to it's that. It's a difference in going to a Access Bowl and going to maybe the Citrus Bowl or the Outback Bowl. 
It's still going to be a, a really good bowl it's game. Really I think they're bowl. probably going to go to the Citrus Bowl. Depends, maybe A and M. I mean, uh, they're they're going to give Ole Miss the Citrus. I think. Why? A and M would travel more. Because Ole Miss is going to be, they're going to have the better resume, and they beat they beat. Not if A&M. they lose to state, they wouldn't have the better resume. Then A and M. Yeah. Uh, the only thing A and M has on the resume is they beat Alabama. That's who all we're you seeing, need. and they have. A lot we're more seeing money. that Alabama's not nearly as good as well, we thought. You know, bowl were. games make decisions based on money. And I think they're going to Citrus. All right, we'll see. We'll and see. I, and I think Ole Miss will travel well too. Oh, they would. They would. All right, number. They're, they're going to go to a great ball game. They're either going to go to New Year's Six or they're going to go to oh, Axis. One or two. Uh, number ten. Mississippi State's going to win. Don't get too cocky. I, I'm done with that. I'm done. No, no, I, no. I am done having the don't get too cocky. Discussion. When have you ever gotten? I don't care. When have you ever gotten cockiness worked out? For I don't Mississippi care. State? I don't care. I don't care. The ball game, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to have this. Go ahead and give Ole Miss the trophy. I'm not going to have this. This timid approach anymore. I'm telling. I'm, I'm just, tired of it. I'm not going to do it. Go I'm ahead. Going to win. You, if you want somebody to get mad at, ladies and gentlemen, after this game on Thursday, if Mississippi State loses, his name is Brian Haydad. I'm not going to sit here and, and just... His phone number is 662. Nah, stop that. I would be surprised if you knew my number off the top of your head, to be honest with you. I know my no, mom's no, number yeah, yeah, yeah. and my sister's number. I don't even know my wife's number. I know my wife's my number. I know my mom's, because my mom doesn't have a cell phone. It's the same number I had as a kid. Um, anyway... I'm not going to play the timid game. I'm not going to be the whole world. No. State's going to win. They're the better team. They're at home. They have the better head coach. Quarterback, I think Ole Miss has a slight edge, but Rodgers is very, very good, and he can prove that he's better with a win. I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, this is Matt Corral's last hurrah. There's no way he's going out. Does anybody remember Dak Prescott? I said the same things about Dak Prescott. And this um, game's in Starkville, too. So. Yeah, so, I mean, the, I don't put any stock into that. Will Rogers is going to be just as motivated as right. Matt Corral. I agree. Don't, hey, don't rush me off. Oh, I'm sorry. If I'm trying to make a point, oh. don't interrupt me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm good now. You were done. You interrupted me with a, all right, like it's time to go. Unbelievable. This is my show, too, hey, Dad. Unbelievable. All right. Important game coming up on Thursday. But let's talk about something else that's important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Coffee is for closers is brought to you by our friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House. Don't forget, this holiday season, if you've got a coffee lover in your life, shop at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and you can get them the same coffee they brew every day here in Starkville and Tupelo. If you can't be here... That's the best way to do it. You can wake up on Christmas morning with the delightful smells and sounds and tastes of Strange Brew Coffee House. I don't have a problem with Mississippi State this week. I, I couldn't. I couldn't find one. There, there was nothing to nitpick. I mean, no, they, they just nothing. dominated the game. So everybody on State's roster is welcome to coffee. But in the SEC, well, first off, I don't think Auburn deserves any coffee. But that's another story. Somebody else is going to take their. Take their uh, shine here this week. And it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind. Oh, Dan. Dan Bullen is out. He's out in Florida. <laughs> Dan. Dan. Oh, Dan. Daniel. Daniel is leaving tonight on a plane. Oh, Dan. Dan, I could have told you. Why didn't you talk to me, Dan, before you left? 
I could have told you this was going to go like this. So here's some some numbers for Florida. Uh, Florida is two and six in the conference. That's their worst season since 1986. They haven't won a a Power Five game since October 9th against Vanderbilt. And then here is the one that really got me a second ago. Dan Mullen in his last two uh, last eleven games against Power Fives are two and nine. The only Power Five schools with a worse record against the Power Five in that school that span, Vanderbilt is zero and eleven, Kansas is one and ten, Arizona is one and ten. Then Florida, Florida, it's wild. People are getting mad too. Some people are like, Dan Wolkins, one of like, you know, he was just in the SEC championship game, guys. And I believe this. Every season is, and Robbie said he agreed too. Every season is its own thing, right? What happened last year, it really doesn't have an effect. Now, if it's, if Mullen won a national title, sure, give him another year, no problem. But an SEC East championship isn't what Dan Mullen was hired to bring to Florida. He was hired to win national championships, and he's not ever going to do that. And they finally realized it. So it's time to move on. You can fire coaches. It's okay to fire. And honestly, you know, people talk about firing with cause because he got NCAA violations or he harassed somebody, right? I think losing games is, is cause. What was the cause? Well, he lost to Missouri and to South Carolina at the end of the season. It is weird. We're that not they paying don't his buyout. That. It is weird that they don't do that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the that's the most rank. important part of the job is winning games. But you're you're exactly right. It's I don't know why people are surprised either. This is what we said when he left Mississippi State. You can come to Mississippi State and you can win seven or eight games. If he had won, he would have been here for twenty-five years. He won ten games at Florida last year. Yes. If he had had a ten-win season at Mississippi State and followed up six and six, nobody bats an eyelash. No. Like, well, last year was a great year. We got to rebuild a little bit. Can't do that at Florida. We we knew this was coming. Everybody knew this was coming. He signed up for that. Mm -hmm. And he just got a raise. Mm -hmm. When when you get paid that kind of money. You can't have what you just had this year. It was a disaster. They they lost, what, five straight games against Power 5 teams or something? Mm-hmm. And they beat a Sanford team that's in the FCS. They got them or whatever. 52 points. They're not FCS, are they? They're, they are. Are they FCS? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. 72 to 50-something or whatever 52, it was. 70 to 52. <laughs> you can't do that. And trailed in the third quarter. So th- this was coming for Dan Mullen. And how about the money that we're spending to fire people, twelve million dollars to to was that Ordron twelve mil too something like that maybe more. Well, think about Al- the money. Think about Auburn, what we could do with that money. Auburn spent twenty twenty two million dollars firing Gus Malzahn. They're going six and six. Nuts. Maybe Nuts. six and seven with the bowl game. I don't know. We could do so much more with that money, and, and it's only getting worse and worse. It's, I mean, Jimbo Fisher's bidding against themselves. It's it's just yeah. Is there is there ever a stopping point? Or are we just going to keep going up? I'm, is somebody going to make twenty million a year? Is there finally a co- uh, an athletic director who's going to tell an agent, "You're going to play, you're going to do your contract." Now you get to the end of the contract, we get to like one year left. If you've met our expectations, we'll renew. We're not re-upping in year we're year two of a seven year deal. Yeah, and we're not setting up some. You know, if, if your client wants to leave, if he feels like he can find a better job, go. We, we've got to draw the line somewhere. I don't know who that first athletic director is going to be, but that's that's what will change the game. I mean, people are talking about Lincoln Riley's going to get a $99 million contract. like To go to LSU. Yeah. It's crazy. There's no, none of that is worth that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, winning is not worth $100 million. Not to me, but I, I know it is to some fans. Rough day in the top ten 
So I had some options here for our national. But I love you, Joe, but no cup of Joe for Joe Moorhead, Mario Cristobal, and the Oregon Ducks. Shout out to to Chad Bumpus. Shout out to Chad's mom. Hey, mama. Uh, Oregon got handled by Utah last night. The same way Michigan State did. The same way uh, uh, Wake Forest did. Clemson should be back in the top 25 this week. People are talking about Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You know, possibly could stay get ahead of them. Ole Miss is moving up. Oregon losing. Michigan State getting crushed. Wake Forest getting crushed. Ole Miss is going to be a top 10 team this week. It's going to be nearly impossible for State to catch them. Need to set your sights elsewhere on that. Oregon was the team in the playoff hunt that only had to keep winning. They didn't have to worry about anybody else. If they had won the rest of their games, they would have been in the National Championship Series. But they're not now. And now they're not going to. The Pac-12, they have to get on board with expanding the playoffs or they are literally never going to have a team in there again. Yeah. Oregon got in there the first year, and that has been it for the Pac-12. That's it's a it. weak conference. It is. But their champion, they could have a one or two loss champion that plays for it in a 12-team playoff. Yeah. But easily. in this playoff, never. That was I know Utah was favored in that game, weren't they? I think they may have been. I mean, Utah has a team. They, so people they expect them to win, them. but geez, that big like no. that was disaster. Kyle Whittingham loves messing people up, man. He's a great, great football coach. All right, tomorrow's show we are all egg bowl all the time. Uh, I'm trying to set up some interviews across the way. If we can do that, that'll be great. Uh, and of course, Sports Talk Mississippi will have a lot of those as well. I will be in Oxford tomorrow. Uh, for the third time in six days. I feel like they're trying to indoctrinate me up there. Wear your powder blue. I, I have a special pair of socks I'm going to wear tomorrow. Don't you worry about that. Will they have Colonel Reb on them? I'll fight you right here on the air. If you ever in your life insinuate. Well, I told oh, you no, what no, you... Hold on, hold on, I no. told you the best no, way not, to... I'm not even joking. I Don't you ever insinuate that I own something that has Colonel Reb. I told you last week, if you really want to do this the right way, mm-hmm. you do your remote... From here, well, unfortunately, you, you do it and that's start not how it works. You know, and you tell them, uh, guys, I'm sorry, my mind is already I, I, in I, gear. That is here. not how it works. But don't you ever, I mean, don't you ever in this life insinuate I own anything with that on it? I, I, I want an apology. I might have seen it one time. Uh, you, 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 you set me off here, Falk. You're triggering me. <laughs> you're like, what was that noise at the end of Thunder and Lightning? That was my fist. It's a thud. It's Robbie's mouth. All right then. I do no, never, not in this life. All right. So tomorrow, yeah, Egg Bowl the rest of the week. We will record after the game Friday, win or lose Thursday. Thursday, yeah. So we'll have a Friday podcast. It uh, should be a, a pretty interesting one because we'll probably both be sleep deprived at that point. Uh, but we will get it done and uh, set you up for a great week. All right, guys, have a good one. If you're off this week, enjoying the holidays, enjoy them, and we will talk to you again very, very soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.